and welcome to another episode of Downtime with the Cranston Public Library. We're a podcast for cool people who love libraries where we talk about what we've been reading, what we've been watching, and what we've been loving. I'm your host, Taylor, and the branch librarian at the Oaklawn Branch Library, and my pronouns are she, her. Hi, this is Dave. I'm the coordinator of adult services at the Cranston Public Library Central Library, and my pronouns are he, him. Hi, I'm Maggie Brown. I work at Cranston Public Library, all different branches, and I'm also full-time at uh, StackMap. It's a library vendor in Map Libraries, and my pronouns are she, her. Thank you for joining us. A little bit later in the show, in honor of Groundhog's Day, uh, have a Groundhog's Day episode where we talk about media with time loops and time shenanigans and, and all of that fun stuff. But before we get into that, let's start off as we always do with what have you been reading? Um, I recently finished Babel by R.F. Quang. Oh, it's like a lush alternate history. Um, so descriptive. I loved it. And I just picked up on, uh, Dave, on your recommendation, uh, All Systems Read yes. by Martha Wells, The Murderbot Diaries. Okay, I was going to say, is that The Murderbot Diaries? Yeah, 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 I love it. Oh, fantastic. Have you started it yet? Yeah, I started it literally last night. I was just, I was in one of those moods where you, you know, pick up a bunch of, bunch of books and you're like, nope. Nope, nope. And I picked that up and I was like, yes. Today's yes. the day. <laughs> Today is the day. Oh, I love Murderbot so much. Um, the the poor security bot that just wants to watch its media and does not <laughs> want to have to deal with squishy humans and their squishy human emotions and yeah. just wants to run the algorithm and keeps not being able to do that, much to its consternation. Yeah, I got that vibe right away, and I was like, yeah, this is the vibe. Yes. That's exactly how I feel about it. Like, I totally yes. get it. <laughs> yes. This is the vibe. Yeah. It's fun to identify with a character that's, like, so expressly not human. It's not yeah. even that it's not human. It's that it says it is not human and hates humans. And to still be like, oh, I, I feel like this sometimes. Right? Yeah. I'm like, how do I relate to this robot? But yes. I do. The back even says uh, what it really wants to be left alone to figure out what it is. But what was it? Oh, scornful of humans. And I was like, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not typically scornful of humans. But like when you're grumpy, you're like, I can get behind this. It's, yeah. it's science fiction. Yeah, I'm into it. Absolutely. Very cool. I'm glad you're getting started with that. Thanks for the recommendation. Yeah. Um, I just finished the book that I think I'm going to tell everyone to read for the entire year, um, which was The Future by Naomi Alderman. Um, The premise is, it's a near future. The effects of climate change are becoming more and more dire. Um, At the start of the book, there's actually all of these really interesting, almost like disaster preparedness conventions. It's very weird, but very imaginable, just kind of jumping off from our current future. And one of the main characters is Zen. She is a survivalist influencer, basically, who tries out different products and manages to almost accidentally be given this AI protection device called Augur, A-U-G-R, because of course it's an app. And, (laughs) um, you know, gets kind of pulled into this intrigue between three major companies and their CEOs um, that are that are basically like a social media company, like a tech hardware company, and a shipping and online purchasing company and their CEOs who are dealing with the oncoming climate disaster by building their climate bunkers in remote areas. And um, I think the point for me about the book was that when things go wrong and when the future seems uncertain that one of the best ways to 
achieve a future is to just tell a story about the future that has us in it and to imagine like us is not just like you and me, but it's like us could be me and somebody halfway around the world that I don't even know and that we are all us and that we are all pieces of a larger whole. I'm sold on it. You sold me down. <laughs> what I really liked about the book, what I thought was fascinating was that it plays with the ideas of like, you know, the great novel and, you know, big themes and big ideas. But it was also a like three page per chapter fly by the seat of your pants thriller um, that I thought was it was a really impressive, like the, the way that uh, Alderman threaded that needle that, you know, it wasn't like you felt like you were reading a thesis and yet you would get these like just ideas that would imprint and build up as you get through about like what is artificial intelligence really like it's really just a way of storing the way of thinking through a process but it is not itself intelligent it just predicts what the next likely decision might be as a result of what's come before um and she did that in literally like three pages and then just keep kept building on what we learned from that and it's like by the end you're like oh yeah like artificial intelligence isn't real like humans are real and you know looking out for ourselves and thinking about the us and not the me and then just drawing bigger and bigger circles around people until all of us are us and then we care about all of them is kind of what i took away from the book so i really liked it um and yeah it's it's always rough when i read the best book i'll read all year in january because now it's like <laughs> you know i'll keep reading books but i was like i'm gonna keep thinking about that for sure so definitely check it out i'm sold i'm totally sold yeah. on that i want to read it immediately so <laughs> and it definitely seems like your vibe yes We've talked before about like, what what you described it as like hope punk? Yeah, the hope, the hope punk movement. Absolutely. Yeah, like that kind of like, hey, what if we think about the future and we don't think about the worst possibility? Like, what if we got our stuff Mm. together and maybe made it better? Like, which is what I liked about the Becky Chambers monk and robot books was like, what if we hit the Mm. brakes and went, okay, and like, then actually like worked it out. Like the time and effort was put into, to come up with the sustainable Mm -hmm. solutions without it feeling like any character is like deprived of anything. Cause I feel like sometimes when people talk about being like ecological, it's like, well, you need to stop doing this and like sacrifice this, take cold showers to save the environment. And I'm like, (laughs) no, thank you. I love that. Um. <laughs> well, I think it's it's really easy to look at, you know, like Monk and Robot or, um, you know, like this book and how it resolves. I don't want to ruin anything, um, but look at how this book resolves and then think, oh, well, that's a cool story, bro. But like we live in reality. And I think the thing is, like, we all have the opportunity to change reality by thinking of a better story and then trying to move forward with it. And I think that's, you know, th- it's not prescriptive. You know, this isn't have all the answers. It's a, I think first and foremost, a fiction novel that is fun to read. Um, but it really made me think about like, well, what is the story I want to tell? What is the future that I want to envision that has us in it? That's kind of where I left this novel at. So I really, yeah. And yeah, it was like, it's fun to read a book that's like, Ooh, this is just for me. Like you said, Taylor, it's like, Oh yeah, <laughs> this is the kind of book that I like. Like it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's exactly. my vibe. No, I love that. I feel like we need more optimism in that realm anyway. And it it reminds me of the book that we talked about yesterday, uh, Begin Again by Oliver Jeffers. I read it in like one sitting last night. And it is, it's like that distilled in just like much shorter illustrations. And it's beautiful. 
because it's like we just need to tell ourselves a new story, tell everybody a new story, a more positive story. Mm -hmm. I love that. Now I feel bad that my reading does not have anything <laughs> poignant to add no, to this it's conversation in there. It's in there, because it's Dragon Book Two Electric oh, yeah, Boogaloo. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Uh, my uh, no, that's not what it's called. Uh, it's Iron Flame, the the second of the fourth yeah. wing books, came in for me, and I just started it. Um, so yeah, I don't really have a ton of opinions besides like so far seems like we picked up right where we <laughs> left off and I'm and I'm looking forward to see how everything resolves. But um, beyond that, I don't <laughs> I don't have much to compare the two books because I literally like I'm like eight yeah. chapters I, in. I actually started the first one last night as well. Started two books at the same time. But yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for books that just give your brain a break. I call them brain candy. Because mm -hmm. if you don't have that, if you don't build that like pure entertainment in, you burn out. I, I love, a, I just love a mix of everything because otherwise mm -hmm. you're burning out on too much of just one subject or focusing on like the very serious stuff when you need a little bit of everything. Sure. I like the phrase brain candy. I like that because that's way more positive because I feel like sometimes people have come on the show and it'll be like, I'm reading a real trash book no right now. Thing. Like they're embarrassed to admit yep. it. They're like, I'm reading a real trashy book right now. And I'm like, Tell yeah. us yeah. about your trashy book. It's fine. Right. There's no judgment from me <laughs> about your trashy book because sometimes, yeah, sometimes you just need to be a little raccoon yeah. person. Maybe around in the trash. I agree, right? It, no, I don't think any book is trash. If somebody's reading it, it's worth reading, right? Yes. It has value to someone. Yeah. So Yeah. That's exactly right. I think it's um there's there's something for everyone. And I think the joy in the joy in seeing someone enjoy something and being like, that's not for me, but I'm glad you're having a good time. I think, you know, why would I ever want to take that away from somebody? Yeah. But yeah. Give them their brain candy. Absolutely. Enjoy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so besides books, have either of you been watching anything I'm interesting watching lately? Ghosts. Uh, I, well, I just finished it and I found out there's a new season coming out soon, a third season. Oh, cool. um, it's like a 20 minute episodes um, based on, a UK version, which I'm going to watch next, a UK version also called Ghosts. It's about this couple that uh, the wife ends up inheriting a house. Um, sounds like in like outside of New York City, like upstate New York. Um, and she, I'm not giving anything away. She falls um, down the stairs, hits her head and realizes when she wakes up, when she's in the hospital, that she can see ghosts. Um, and normally, you know, that sounds a little bit terrifying. You just assume like, oh, it's going to be a harsh. No, it's so charming and um, mm. very character driven. She, they go home and they realize they have all these ghosts haunting this house. She's the only one that can hear them. She's constantly like having conversations with them and her husband's like twiddling his thumbs, like, okay, what'd they say? <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just uh, like, it ultimately comes down to like the power of connection, no matter mm. where, like they're these ghosts that didn't for, didn't have anyone to connect with besides each other and they're all from these different eras um in history it's really cool um yeah. and they finally get a chance to like voice the things that they like or they want to talk about and they ask them to make pizza all the time so they can smell it because they can't eat anything but they can smell <laughs> good food <laughs> it's uh, just very it's endearing uh, right it's like i'm like yeah. oh i never thought of that as a ghost like that's that makes me sad I, it comes so I know, right? It sounds sad when I say it, but it's so it's so cute. It's charming, and you just fall in love with the mm -hmm. characters, yeah. and you're like, oh, can't eat yeah. anything, but at least you can sniff it. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, sounds sad, but uh, they just they make it very fun, and yeah, I'd recommend it. I loved it. Yeah, I've heard really good things about that, um, and so all the ghosts can 
see each other and speak to each other too, like through yep. eras. That's very fun. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's like a total clash of like, not even clash. It's they've had decades, hundreds of years for some of them to get yeah. along and they, and they find their groove. And yeah, there's like a Viking. There's a, a woman from like a, the flapper, uh, like the twenties prohibition yeah. era. There's like kind of like a bunch of different um, eras represented. And it's just fascinating. There's a hippie uh, to see them all interact like the hippie and the Vikings. Very fun interacting seeing them interact total opposites <laughs> right one would think <laughs> yeah they get along though yeah now i'm i'm very interested in watching it now but now i'm kind of having like a, a dilemma of like do i watch the american one or mm. do i watch the british what like what one to watch first because i feel like um and i've talked about this show on the show before but like the first two seasons of being human oh, yeah. i was like watching as it came out on bbc mm-hmm. america um, so the British version, and then they decided that they were going to make an American version of it. And then I watched one episode of the American version of it. And I was like, no, <laughs> this yeah. isn't my show. This, yeah. this ain't I, yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now I'm like, do I watch the British version? Because I feel like generally everyone's like, well, the original is mm. better, but I, I've heard good things about the American yeah. version yeah, too. I, so. I understand that dilemma totally because once I watch one version of one, I'm like, <laughs> well, it's not going to be this, no matter which one is the original. I'm like, but. Right. I'm not going to like yeah. it as much because this is the one that I fell in love with, right? Right. It's not going to be the same, but I don't know. Hopefully they're different enough. But it it feels like it's capturing the same like being human yeah. mm-hmm. vibe of like a seemingly dark mm-hmm. concept being very yeah. funny with like a very British sentimentality in terms of humor so that's why i'm let that i'm like i'm i'm very intrigued if i could go back i would probably start with the uk version just out of curiosity i feel like watching the original is really fun but i didn't know about it until i started watching the american one and i was like oh now i've got another one lined up (laughs) perfect (laughs) i was gonna say it'll probably come down to whatever one i can access the services i already (laughs) have um which possibly could be neither of them i'll have to look but uh that seems to be happening to me recently because we decided to cut some and now I'm like, oh, should yeah. I go back? Ugh, it's the whole thing. Yeah. You know, uh, my spouse and I just finished watching a show called Acapulco and it's uh, it takes place at a resort in Acapulco <laughs> and kind of follows the basically the staff at the resort. And it's really just kind of funny and heartwarming. And it's it's told through, you know, the man telling the story to a nephew in the future and like he's giant and rich and famous and telling stories about you know when he was just this poor kid growing up in acapulco um in the 80s and it's got all the 80s like you know bright vibrant fashion fantastic music um in every single episode they have like a band at the pool that are like two people singing um pop ballads but in spanish <laughs> and their costumes are just great and you'll just be like it's always fantastic just kind of seeing what they do next. And then like, you know, the, the romances and it's kind of very telenovela, which was very enjoyable. Um, and I don't think anybody was played as a stereotype, even like, you know, there's the, the son of the owner who's like a Beverly Hills D list celebrity moved down there and, you know, she's owning it. And then her son works there and he's, kind of a doofus but he's also kind of an all right dude and so like they set him up to be the bad guy but he's not really by the end you know he's just kind of a goober um which i think like you know speaking for the white men on the call i think we can be good with our gooberness you know right arc energy uh, you know just to carry that through to other things yeah um you know it is okay to be enough and i'm you know (laughs) 
you know, support it, this. It, you got to be able to laugh at it, <laughs> I think. Um, and so it's it was a really cute show um, that I kind of was nearby but by the end i was like sitting and watching it with her and was like yeah i'm enjoying this like let's put on another one um, <laughs> so can definitely recommend it would go right after ted lasso real nice that's perfect i've been definitely. looking for like yeah. what, what do you follow up ted lasso with it's yeah like the epic epic i and feel everything. like it's been a while that since i've been able to like we've just had guests that have, have so had so many you know tv and movies that they wanted to talk about um, which is good because it's given me a chance to actually watch some things because I was in like a real like like rut of like not knowing what to watch and then just mm -hmm. like falling down a YouTube rabbit hole because like I don't want to commit to watching like a series. Mm -hmm. um, but I did recently decide that I was going to poke around on Canopy a little bit. Um, so shout out to Library Resources Canopy um, and found Staged, which is a show that David Tennant and Michael Sheehan made during the pandemic. Um, I sure. don't know if it was, if the show came about because of this premise in real life, but the, it seems like the fictional premise behind the show is that David Tennant and Michael Sheehan were going to be in a big West end production <laughs> that got shut down because of COVID. And so they decide that they're going to rehearse or the director is like, let's keep rehearsing over zoom. So that way, when this all blows up, it's like very early pandemic that the, mm. at least the first season is start. So they were kind of thinking like when this all blows over in a couple weeks or months or whatever, which is what everyone was thinking at that point, mm. they're like, we're going to come out of the gate, like ready to put on this show. Um, and so it's kind of told through like video calls. Like there are, there is some kind of vignettes in between the video calls that are filmed. Um, I'm, I'm assuming anyway, at David Tennant's house and at mm. Michael Sheen's house and at some of the other characters houses apart, like wherever they were living. Mm -hmm. um, and uh but yeah, it's interesting because it's like, it's kind of surreal that you can't figure out like how much of this is real and how much of it is like scripted because it, they are like playing themselves, but they're playing, at least I would like to think they're playing pretty exaggerated versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. um, like there's a whole running gag in the first one about get it, about them arguing about who's going to get top billing on the poster for the play. Of like, is it going to be David Tennant and Michael Sheen? Or is it going to be Michael Sheen and David Tennant? Mm. <laughs> and it was like this whole running thing. They'd like keep coming back to it. It'd be like, I know this isn't a good time, but I just thought I would circle <laughs> back to it. Like it was, um, so yeah, it was fun. And I think we're far enough removed from the pandemic that it wasn't like, I mean, there were moments, there were beats that were like somber and, and, and mm -hmm. kind of serious and kind of reminding you of what was happening at the time. But it was also a little surreal to be watching it like in hindsight. Yeah. Because like the whole thing was kind of like to give people things to watch <laughs> while it was all happening. Yeah. So having gone back and watched it now, like knowing for the most part what the results are with hmm. the uh, post COVID and I'm using air quotes here um, world looks like. Mm -hmm. um, so if you like David Tennant or Michael Sheen or both of them together, if yeah. you're a good well, Omens fan absolutely, um, and you just want to watch like 20 to 30 minutes of them kind of like bouncing off of each other comedically <laughs> worth a watch. Cool. Awesome. I'm adding that to my list. And we'll return to the show after a quick break. 
Unleash your inner child and join us at the Auburn branch every Friday at 4 p.m. for Color and Calm. There will be coloring books, mandalas, colored pencils and markers, as well as herbal and decaf teas and soothing music. No registration required. Decompress and head into the weekend refreshed. For questions, email auburn at cranstonlibrary.org. Explore a world of languages with your library and Mango Languages. This online language learning system can help you learn languages like Spanish, French, Brazilian Portuguese, Mandarin Chinese, Urdu, Igbo, and so much more. Self-paced lessons and real-world conversations make Mango Languages perfect for learning a new language or brushing up on old skills. Get started at cranstonlibrary.org databases. So I want to have time to talk about stories with time loops. Ooh. You know, the most famous one and the reason it is associated with Groundhog's Day is because of the movie Groundhog's Day. But there have been many, many different uh, fictional narratives that have used time loops. Um, so I guess, I guess let's start a little bit about like the why. Why do you enjoy reading it? What do you find about these stories to be compelling? I guess I can start in a sense, we're all traveling at a speed of one through time, right? We're all moving through time, but you have just, there's, you know, this day seemed to go really fast or gosh, this like waiting for the bus is taking forever. Or, you know, I wish I could go back and do this thing differently. Um, and so I think either we're experiencing time differently or we want to do something, you know, that, to kind of think about time differently. And so I think it, it kind of fulfills that natural urge um, and kind of takes us out of it and be like, Oh, that person's doing it. Um, you know, here's somebody who keeps living their life over and over again um, and is born every time with the same knowledge from all of their previous lives. And it's like, what would you do if you, you know, had to do it all over again? Kind of a, kind of an idea, like who hasn't had that idea? What if I went to a different college, you know, when I was picking colleges and, you know, I'd be a completely different person, but I'll never know. Cause I'm this person. Right. So um, I think that's kind of what makes it compelling for me. Yeah, I totally feel you. I feel the same way. It's I love it as a as a literary device because there are just so many ways that an author or writer can take it. Right, um, yeah. all the different ways that you can actually use time travel and time loops, um, and that alone is just brilliant to me because the characters getting um, just a different experience. You're experiencing that alongside them. I think it's eye opening in general, yeah. right? It's, you're never going to, well, who knows, but we expect that we're never going to get to go back in time or go forward in time and see what's there, what happened, what we could redo, what we can predict or see happening. Um, and I think it's, uh, I don't know, it's eye opening because just reading about or watching the different ways that different creators uh, tackle that is interesting to me and satisfying because it's just um, hopeful in a way, right? It gives you all mm. these, oh, all these brains work a little bit differently. And in this one, this person is living the same life over and over. But in this one, they're going into the future or going, in the, going to the past and changing something or fixing something. Um, yeah, it just it's like a bouncing off point, uh, jumping off point for so many different, uh, so many different stories, so many different kinds yeah. of stories. Like, which is why maybe uh, we were talking about before we recorded the show that um, we would talk about why you enjoyed t time loop narratives, but that some people don't enjoy them. 
I think people are very split about it and have very strong opinions. And I think because when done right, it can be compelling in all of the ways that you guys are talking about. But I think it also, especially in TV and movies, I would say, um, it becomes like this deus ex machina of like, how are we going to fix this thing that got irrevocably messed up? And it's like, well, we'll go back in time. (laughs) Uh, I'm looking at you, Avengers (laughs) Endgame. Yeah, Avengers Endgame. (laughs) Oh my gosh. The third Harry Potter. It can just be like a, a... something to fall back on when someone's feeling lazy like oh we'll just go back in time and fix it yeah right totally yeah and uh, you were saying taylor before that um your mother doesn't particularly <laughs> like them because yeah. it can get repetitive which i totally understand i've read books where uh like i read life after life by kate atkinson beautiful mm. book well written but uh can be very repetitive because she's waking up and re- you're just seeing a lot of the same things happen but in the right hands that's done beautifully and really mm. deftly in the wrong hands, it's just an excuse to get something else or somewhere else, right? Right, and it's a uh, it's it's a device, and I think it's what you're saying with the device. It's like you know anyone can use a, a hammer and a saw to build something, but mm-hmm. somebody you know somebody's going to be able to use those tools to make something a lot better than I certainly would be able to. And I also will never write a book, so you know <laughs> that's that's kind of like who am I to tell anyone who's written a book? <laughs> that I am. it didn't work but maybe it you know it's just kind of like well that didn't that didn't grab me right right for sure very much like it could also be a time of life where it's just not grabbing right sometimes i yeah. I, I blame me right it's a yeah. beautiful book it's really well done but i'm not into it right now it's yeah. not you it's me <laughs> i also think people who are using this trope in whatever medium that they're telling the story they are really striking the balance and figuring out when it's okay to fast forward, like past things once we get to the second or third loop, like when Mm. we can be like, okay, and how we do it so that the audience goes, okay, everything, everything before this happened the same. Mm -hmm. And now we're here and this is where it gets different, or this is where it's important for this reason that we're in this part of the time loop versus really be beating the time loop like to death by having the audience have to experience like every detail of it right over and over and over again so i think times when i've enjoyed it and when it's been done well is because whether it's in film or in writing just being like okay we're gonna fa- you know what happens you know what happens up until this point because we've been through this two or three times already <laughs> so we're yeah. gonna fast forward we're gonna take you right to the important part I think that's a way to avoid it being really repetitive. And I think not to jump ahead to TV because I, well, I mean, we can go in whatever order we want to. Yeah. Time loop. I'm thinking about (laughs) Loki and the most recent season I think did really well with the kind of like fast forwarding over the parts that we didn't need to watch again and putting us right in the parts that we did need to watch again because they're going to be different in some way. Right. Or because future Loki right. is seeing past, lo- like meeting up right. and, and we're connecting it and seeing all, and that all stuff of that kind of, kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 It lost me a little bit, I will say, when it turned into literally just Marvel Groundhog Day. Like, <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, we're going to try and do this as fast as possible. And, it, and I was like, oh, that, that was fine. What I did love about that, though, and I, I feel like something we don't see a lot lately probably because of money, I would imagine, um, but is a ensemble of actors acting in a scene together. Like, I feel like so much TV is like, 
it's two people talking to each other, but it's shot like over people's shoulders. And you sometimes you can just tell and this is getting off topic, um, but sometimes you can just tell that those people aren't in a room together. Like it's I'm talking to a body double and the other actor is talking to a body double so they can save money. So they don't have to pay both the actors. And it, it feels like there's not acting happening in a certain sense, um, which is something in modern media that I, I kind of find disappointing. And so that's one thing that I liked in, um, in Loki when there was a couple of scenes when everybody was clearly in a room together, even if it, the whole room was CG all around them and it wasn't actually there, like the actors were acting and to see them all acting together, it was like, Oh, that's what's been missing. Like is just seeing people react to something. Some other person does like acting. <laughs> acting off um, of each other. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you see, you see someone say something and then they cut to another person and it's like, they make an expression and it's just like, that was really good. <laughs> and you would never see the silent reaction to someone saying something if you didn't do it. Right. Yeah. And so getting to see that those little interactions was a delight. Um, yeah. I thought the Loki was fine. Um, if they don't have red Oscar, the squirrel God that climbs up and down the world tree, um, not to spoil the ending, but you know, he better be in the next season or iteration. Okay. Cause I was going to say, like, I don't think there's good, like where it ended. No, again, like no One spoilers for everyone where it yeah. ended. I was like, it's done. Right. I, it seems done ish. Right. We'll see. I haven't, I haven't started or finished it. I plan to, I feel a little okay. bit behind if I could go back in time and start it when I was supposed to but I'm kind of like behind on some of the other the movies and stuff I'm such a Loki fan that I'm like I gotta give it like it's did you watch the first season no okay I'm specifically yeah yeah, setting it aside for when I feel like I have you know there's just so many different movies and shit like I just want to get the full picture before I dive into Mm -hmm. into his individual season so um and and definitely I think you know to if it makes a difference or if it's like splitting hairs but like I think the first season was more time travel and then the second mm. season was definitely more like time loop. Like there was oh, a yeah. loop happening For and sure. uh, okay. you know, they kind of kept repeating sort of the same bits. And I, I think there is a, a fine line or a distinction between how that's used. Yeah. What do you prefer a time travel or time loop? Oh, I don't know. I think the loop, if, if done well, I think the loop is really interesting, you know, and just kind of like, well, we keep repeating this thing and um, it makes you think like, you know, and obviously it's it's fake, so who knows? Um, but like, how does it work? Where if I go back in time and do something, and then it changes my life, wasn't my life always changed? And so you think about uh, Back to the Future, like Marty goes back in time and saves his parents, and then kicks Biff's butt and goes forward, and it's like he is back in his new life, but wouldn't he have been a different person? And so it wouldn't have been him returning to like a space where there was open for him if he was returning to another timeline, there'd be another him and be completely different. I don't know. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah. Like they're kind of, yeah. I think with back to the future, they're right. kind of going on the premise that like, yeah, because his parents got back together, everything else proceeded as normal, except that it was like, everyone was happier and his dad was like yeah, doing yeah. better in his job and stuff. But he had that big old truck. Well, I guess it was the the things that Marty did in the past and said right. to both of his parents, encouraged them to like be better and happier in the future. Uh, and and of course, you know, I think if you look too hard at anything that's fictional, you're going to be like, oh, that doesn't make sense. It's like, I mean, yeah. it doesn't really have to make sense. Right. Yeah. But I think that's the beauty of time travel in general is mm-hmm. that like everyone's take on it. I feel like if I think about any time travel time loops too hard, I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. 
like your brain just kind of keeps exploding a little bit. <laughs> right. like, but it could have gone this way. It could have gone this way. Um, but that's kind of the beauty of it, right? Like, like I said before, like everyone's different take on it. It's like some you can't look at too closely, but others yeah. are like fascinating. I never thought of it that way, right? All right. So we've talked a lot about why we enjoy uh, these things. And Dave, I can see you have a lot of different recommendations. So I don't know if you want to narrow it down to like your top three. Yeah, definitely. I, I could certainly do that. I've got, I made my own little list because I'm like, oh, what are my favorites? So I did the same right. exact thing. Yeah. And I think the, the books that I put here, they, they use the device for different reasons. So I kind of already alluded to the first 15 lives of Harry August. That's by Claire North. Um, mm-hmm. So this guy, Harry August is born in 1919. He lives a pretty boring life, like a, just a normal person life and dies in 1989. And then the twist is when he dies, he's born again in 1919 in the same circumstances, but with all of the experience and knowledge from his previous life and is like, what the heck? And, um, you know, then goes on to be like, okay, well, I'm going to use what I already know. Like now I'm this precocious child who's a genius at school because I'm already a full adult brain and just continues to kind of live these lives. And over the course of his loop, which ends in different places, but always goes back to the beginning, um, he meets other people like himself. There's a whole club and everything of like these, these people who live their lives again. And then there ends up being this plot to just destroy the entire world. Basically one of their members are, you know, completely done with it. And just like, I'm just going to end everything. It's the only way. Um, And so, you know, Harry August has to try and stop that or not because this person ends up, you know, being someone from one of his previous lives as it turns out. Um, And so that's definitely like the, what if you could do it all over again? What would you do differently? Um, and then that kind of turns into what would you be forced to do differently? Uh, next one I'll, I'll give is uh, How to Live Safely in a Science Fictional Universe. That's by Charles Yu. Um, that is a really weird book that's not actually about time travel. He's time traveling to all these different circumstances from his own past, but it's really more about the character reminiscing on their past and wondering how it's going to work. But then the twist is at some point he comes across himself and kills himself like another older himself. And then the rest of the book is like, well, I know the next time I see myself, this is going to end and then it's going to keep going. And um, but it's really about it's kind of in a way of everything, everywhere, all at once. It's like the main character's relationship with his parents and particularly his father and, you know, kind of wishing things could have been differently and wondering and trying to think about it from his father's point of view. But it's a really wild book. Um, And then the last one, like, and this is just something, you know, completely out of left field. Fortunately, The Milk by Neil Gaiman, which is a middle grade, middle grade um, children's novel. Um, You could read it out loud with somebody in an hour or less. And it's literally just this dad leaves the house to go get milk and ends up being gone all day. And when he comes back, his kids grill him like, where the heck were you? And he tells this wild story about like, oh, I was abducted, you know, by this... (laughs) dinosaur in a hot air balloon and you know then they go through all of these like time travel adventures and there's vampires although he calls them vampires um (laughs) and it's it's just absolutely ridiculous and you do have to ask yourself like is this dad just telling a tall tale or did this really happen um and you don't really know towards the end he makes a compelling case for why it might have been real and there's a loop in there too where he sees himself or he sees somebody and then he realizes later on that it was him that he saw because now he sees the other himself. And, you know, I think it was really well done. Um, basically, it's a children's book, Doctor Who episode is how I would 
build ed. Yeah, I think that's a good description. I love that book too. A real blast. I love that book. Yeah. That's also anytime I'm testing out a catalog, that's the book I type in to see if it gives (laughs) me what I want. Fortunately, the melt. Yeah, that's a great one. So what about you, Maggie? Um, I wrote down some of my favorites. I feel like although I love science fiction, fantasy, I kind of lean when it comes to time travel and time loops, apparently I lean more towards like historical romance and um, which is, I think is interesting. Um, Some science fiction stuff, but I will say one of my favorites actually the total opposite of what I just said, but I really loved 112263 by Stephen King. Oh yeah. Mostly because I just find that Stephen King, the sense of sense of place um, is really strong. The whole premise is he's going, he's finds a way to go back in time to when JFK was shot and he can prevent it. He can find out who did it. Um, Like he's got all these different avenues he could go down. Um, And in King's hands, it's just, like we said, he uses the device uh, really well, um, in my opinion. I know everybody mm. has their preferences. Um, but it's I, fi- I just found it unique because a lot of the stuff that I've read and watched, time travel is based on something that's happening personally in that person's life. Like, oh, mm. I regret this, so I'm going back and doing this. And um, But this is based around a historical event that um, he has the power possibly to prevent Um and it's fascinating. Uh, I, I love the way he writes. Um, hmm. For me, it comes down to the writing style always and the characters. And if those are strong, I'm on board, right? Yeah. Even even if I like will see holes, I'm like, okay, I'm going to ignore that hole. I'm going <laughs> to ignore that because I like this so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and typically, I would only say I would recommend books, but there's a, actual, there's a movie that I watched a couple of years ago that I just fell in love with called About Time. I watched that on demand after it came out when we still had cable. Yeah. So, okay. So you already know, Taylor, but I'll, yeah. I'll give you the little down. I, was, um, I mean, it's been a while. I was probably like a teenager when I watched it. Oh, really? I haven't watched it in a few years. I remember like the feelings I'm left with, which I feel like is normal, right? And like, oh, I love that so much. But I'm like, what exactly mm. happened? Um, so this uh, guy discovers that he can travel through time. Um, that only the men in their family can travel through time, which hmm. not fair. And I have my own bone to pick with that. I, um, uh. But setting that aside. <laughs> um, so he resolves to like improve his life by going back in time and getting a girlfriend and sounds so silly and like uh, basic, but uh, it, it's ultimately a love story. Um, he goes back and keeps trying to get it right with um, his future wife. And it's just, a beautiful story. Um, like I said before, like I really love time loops and time travel when um, it's supporting like uh, the humanity behind everything. Right. Sure. Um, and this movie just does a beautiful job of that. You, it ended and I was like, Oh, my hmm. heart is happy and content and it was entertaining and lovely. Um, and I find that, that doesn't often happen. You know, there's not always a happy ending and I just, it was really beautiful and hopeful. Um, The other book that I love, which I'm going to cheat a little bit, it's time travel because they're traveling through space. So Uh. um, the Sparrow by Mary Doria Russell. um, One of my favorite books of all time. It's about uh, a group of Jesuits who um, basically they hear, um, on earth, they're hearing this transmission, this beautiful music, and it uh, ends up having this group of Jesuits go and um, kind of try to figure out 
where it's coming from, where it's being broadcast from. They're traveling into space. Um, and it's told with two different, like a, a current timeline and the future timeline of what actually ends up happening based on their travels and what the re- this is why I feel like it counts because it's like their travels are based on uh, like it impacts the future mm. very much so because they're traveling to this other place in space, this other planet. Um, and it's just like, I found it to be just like a breathtaking meditation on um, like human nature and the hubris of humans. Um, it is, I will warn you, you finish it and you're like, Oh, that was like a gut punch, but it's a good gut punch. If there ever was one, um, it's just beautifully told. And uh, yeah, I loved it very much. Yeah. That's speaking of books that you just sort of never quite start. That's one that had, had multiple people say that not just that they liked it, but that it was their favorite book. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've started it and then it's the same, like, I know I'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on my list, but it has not hooked me yet, but I know yeah. that it will. Cause that sounds right up my alley for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it totally is. I feel like it's, mm-hmm. I would recommend it to any, any human on earth. It's one of those yeah. like required reading for all humans in a good way. <laughs> All right. Um, So we wrap up the show with a segment I call The Last Chapter, where we talk about a library or bookish related question. So I thought I would ask you both. um, Are there any books that you haven't been able to finish? And if so, why? Mm. Oh, yeah, I got an easy one. And I I have make it a point of not talking about books that I don't like, because I don't feel like um, I don't feel like I'm qualified. But there is one book that's it was, it was speaking, it was also time travel. Um, it was a, it was a time travel book, but there was like magic involved, but they tried to explain the magic very scientifically. And then it just kind of turned into a heist. Like they were going to go back in time and steal all this gold that was supposed to be somewhere. And I noped out of that. Cause I was just kind of like, I'm reading all of this very detailed descriptions of like magic in a scientific way. And it's just like, why am I doing this to myself? Um, you know, and, and I, I was like, nah, I mean, I'll stop reading a book. I'm totally happy to um, dump that book. <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not a good book. It just means it's not a good book for me. And so yeah. you know, that was definitely one where it's like, no, I'm this isn't something I find worth my time. Go read something else. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like life is too short to to read a book that you're not enjoying. And it's not necessarily because the book is terrible or bad. It's yep. just, it's just not, not the right time. It might never be the right time, right? Just might not be your, your jam. Um, I used to have this policy of like, I have to finish every single book I start. And that's like a mm-hmm. unique form of self-torture. It's just not necessary. Um, <laughs> so if I could go back in time and tell myself, stop doing that, go. I would. <laughs> 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 um, I will say, let's see books that I have given up on. I feel like it was going to be controversial. No, Maggie's going to name and shame. This is hilarious. I'm like, oh, I couldn't possibly say which one. And you're like, oh, I'll name and shame. <gasps> I used to be a reader's advisor. So it was like my, my yes. job to be like, this is, uh, I would never tear apart a book. There's a book for everybody. But I'm like, I have strong opinions. I'm like, I really hate mm. this. I'm not <laughs> strong book opinions. Um, uh, and I'm not actually going to name one of those because I feel like it's not fair. There's a book okay. for everybody. But I did pick up, um, speaking of books that I've started, I just last night we were talking about, um, What's the first book? Fourth Wing. Yes. Right. I feel like this is, I'm going to get like apples, spoiled apples thrown at me for people who love Uh Fourth Wing. I picked it up. I got like 40 pages in. um, And I just, like nothing is grabbing me. Um, And I think like you were saying, Dave, it's, it's a me problem. 
Um, the mm. book, obviously, it's a beloved book. People are obsessed with it. Um, yeah. But I think it's because it was so hyped up, like so hyped up beyond beyond belief. You see it everywhere. And I feel like no matter how good a book is, if I pick it up and it's got that much hype behind it, it is almost doomed to fail because mm. nothing is ever going to live up to like a hundred thousand people saying, this is the best book I've ever read. Right. And mm. I always try to temper my expectations and I read it. I'm like, this is not what you said. A hundred thousand people. Like this is <laughs> not what I expected, um, <laughs> which happens. Right. So yeah. I, I'm not saying I'm going to totally give up on it, but I might, I, I love fantasy. I love romance. I love romanticy. Um, but I think cause it probably wasn't my first foray into it. Uh, I had higher expectations. I will tell you, which I did when I talked about reading the first book on the show, I will okay. tell you very quickly that it did take me a little bit to get into it. Okay. Again, this doesn't need to be in the final cut, but the reason I pushed through is I was like, people said this book was spicy and I want to see what everyone's talking That's about. That's exactly, I'm like, where's, where's that? It takes, it takes like 300 pages <gasps> for the book to get spicy. 300 pages? So yeah, yeah, but before, but stuff starts to pop off before that. I would say you get okay. like a quarter of a way through the book and stuff starts to pop off. Okay. And then that's when I was like, oh, I'm in now. But yeah, okay. but then mm. even after that, after that, we had some more slow burn. And then I, and then they I, finally, and then I was like, okay. Yeah, okay, but <laughs> that makes me feel better. Maybe I'll, I might push through because I'm like, I don't yeah. mind a slow burn if I'm like invested. But so far I'm like, right. So you're a weakling and you haven't fallen off the roof yet or whatever, the cross thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. great. What else is new? Right. That's funny. <laughs> but I'll, I'm going to push through because you said that. Okay. <laughs> nice. But yeah, temper your expectations because yeah, okay. I spent a long time being like, when does this book get spicy? And then it did. And then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, oh, there you did. You did oh, it. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. Okay. You went there. Okay. okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. I have a hard time tempering expectations when the hype, it's so hyped, you know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I expect this now. <laughs> All right. So thank you both for joining me today. And thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if you would like to answer our last chapter question or just reach out to the show, you can do that by emailing us at downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. And you can also reach out to us via social media with the hashtag downtimecpl. If you're feeling generous, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it helps people find the show. Thank you again for listening. And this has been another episode of Downtime. Downtime is a project of the Cranston Public Library and is produced by Elena Rios, Robin Nizio, and me, Taylor Cardillo. Audio engineering by Dave Bartos. Our theme music is Day Trips by Ketza. And our ad music is Happy Ukulele by Scott Holmes. Links to the books and movies discussed can be found in the show notes. Remember to rate and review Downtime on Apple Podcasts. Connect with the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the hashtag DowntimeCPL. And if there's something you'd like to hear on the show, send an email to downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the speaker's own and do not represent those of the Cranston Public Library. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes only. The Cranston Public Library name, in all forms and abbreviation, are the property of its owners and its use does not imply endorsement or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. The content of this episode is the property of the Cranston Public Library and may not be reproduced without express written permission. Join us next week for more Downtime.
Did you ever think about the movie Groundhog Day, but from Andy McDowell's character's perspective, where she rolls into Puxatani with this jerk who's a jerk <laughs> to everybody, and then goes to sleep and wakes up and he's the most charming person in town. <laughs> Somebody must have made that super cut. I know you said you'd never write a book, but it sounds like you have a book in you right I now. Write that book. I would like to hear about that book. I'd like to read that book, please. <laughs>